Jalen Brunson cooks the Milwaukee Bucks on Christmas Day, a 129-122 win for our New York Knicks. Was it the win of the season? We'll talk about that and much more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on, Knicks, and today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day because we're now available on all platforms. And that, of course, includes on YouTube. So if you want to see our smiling faces each and every day, become an everyday, or be sure to subscribe on YouTube and hit that notifications bell to never miss an episode. And be sure to do the same on your favorite audio podcast platform of choice. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcasters favorite play-by-play broadcaster coming to you after i was telling alex before my first christmas ever what a joy you guys uh for the most part out there i assume have it pretty good he's alex wolf editor-in-chief of the strickland where is christmas for knicks fans every day you can check out all their great work at the strick.land on all forms of social media alex i got a lot of good presents the best one of all though a 129 to 122 victory for the new york knicks over the Milwaukee Bucks, Jalen Brunson, a masterclass, 38 points, six assists, four rebounds in 37 minutes, 15 of 28 from the field. Only had to hit one three because he also added seven free throws. Just consistently torched the Bucks. whether it was Brooke Lopez dropping back and pick and roll and inviting Brunson to rain jumpers in his eye, whether it was the excellent rookie Andre Jackson Jr. trying his best and unfortunately getting embarrassed over and over again by Jalen, or whether it was late in the game when Milwaukee was throwing two at him and it often didn't matter, and he, he put this one away after the Bucks made a spirited comeback in a game that the Knicks pretty much controlled wire to wire. Yeah, I think the most impressive thing to me about Brunson's performance was that one of three from three, which you'd be like, why is that impressive? He only made one of three from three. But it's more that he's evolved beyond needing seven, eight threes in a game to get 30 plus points, which is really dangerous territory for a six foot two player. Like the fact that he is as good of a three point shooter as he is and can still put 38 on you, even when when that three-point shot isn't a part of his game for the night, is absolutely insane. And the fact that he did this against the Milwaukee Bucks, who boast the amount of size that they do on the inside, the amount of help defense from Giannis Antetokounmpo and and Brooke Lopez just being a constant force on the inside, is absolutely insane to me. I mean, his every little move that he did in this game to create space, to create that little mid-range jumper, it was just like, it was like a work of art, man. I mean, not to get too to you know hyperbolic or whatever like it's just watching him play is it it defies convention like seeing how he's able to play the way that he does at his size it's like if you took i don't know like baron davis maybe and how he used to play sort of but like made him shorter and you know made him uh, way more crafty and less reliant on athleticism uh than baron davis was early in his career or something i i don't even know what to what to like relate Jalen Brunson to at this point because he just kind of is his own his own beast at this point. But also six assists to no turnovers. I thought that it was another huge part of what made this game so great for him was that the Bucks did try to key in more on him in the beginning of the third quarter, and he just said, "Okay, well Isaiah Hartenstein is a superstar now," <laughs> and just completely like abandon his own offensive needs to just say, well, if they're going to throw 
all this attention at me and they're going to send Brooke Lopez and all these other guys to, to look at me when I'm coming in to, to get inside, I'm going to just abuse them and throw it to Isaiah Hartenstein every time for an easy dunk, easy layup and, and one, whatever. It was just like a perfect performance in every aspect for Brunson in this one. And to top it off, no turnovers too. I mean, it's just that again, greatest Christmas gift you could ask for is this, this performance from Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I, I love that you brought up Hartenstein because I, I think we're seeing that he's unlocking Jalen's game in ways that you just can't with Mitchell Robinson. Like the whole first quarter, the Knicks kept trying all these different things to get in the ball and the move, get in the ball in different spots. Like, like there was one play where it feels crazy to talk about a play where he didn't score, given how often he did score in this game and how incredible so many of those buckets were. But um, they had an inbound and Julius just inbounded to Isaiah Hardenstein and, and Milwaukee was doing something called top locking where you essentially um, guard a player as if the rim is is the three point line. I, maybe that's not the best way to describe it, but basically guarding them in such a way that that they're not going to get the ball for a three pointer. Right. Like you're, you're, you're playing with your back to the opposing basket. And, and Brunson was just sort of like, all right, you're going to do that. Randall tossed it into iHeart and then Brunson just cut off the ball, got a wide open mid range jumper and ended up missing it. But that that was sort of his overwhelming philosophy in this game. Like you can take away the three, but it's not going to matter. Like this is who I've been my whole career up until this year as a guy who just dominated from two point range, despite to your point being relatively short and relatively unathletic. And I mean, th this first quarter, I, I don't think I've ever seen Jalen reach as deep into his bag. Maybe maybe that's some recency bias, but it was just over and over again. Like first play of the game. Brooke Lopez is in drop. Jalen goes right by him, toasts him for a lefty layup, then a turnaround fadeaway in the paint using Hartenstein to screen and rescreen, which Mitchell Robinson can do a little bit, but Hartenstein is just maybe like 30% more mobile and just a little less awkward on those. Um, again, getting him the ball on the move. Once Milwaukee tried to put Andre Jackson Jr. on him, who I think down the road is going to be an awesome defender. I mean, it was like he he, he literally like it was, it was it was grad school for Andre Jackson Jr. Like torched him on a pump fake and a step through little nasty in and out into like an and one like scoop layup on Damian Lillard. And then had that one on Portis where Portis just like smashed him into the ground. Um, and that was like following like a double crossover into like this cross step scoop pickup. Um, and and still managed to make it. UB Brown was like ready to pass out on that one. And, and then down the stretch, Alex, like like the big shots. Um, I, I thought it was going to be the dagger, the one he hit over Dame, which was like a Dirk fadeaway to beat the shot clock buzzer. That made it 124-111. Then missed two in a row. Milwaukee was sneaking back in. It was 124-118. Um, not, not for us because we watched uh, after the fact, but for those watching live, buttholes were probably puckering a little bit. Ultimately didn't matter. It was Jalen Brunson hit a little push shot. All but ended the game um, from first quarter to fourth quarter. Just just a, a masterclass from Jalen. I, I don't know how else to phrase it. Yeah, and you know if, if he continues doing this, I mean, I think he's for sure put himself at the front of potential All Star consideration at this point. I mean, I like for as good as Randall has been playing lately too, and you know having the pedigree. I don't know that the Knicks will be able to get two All Stars in this year. Like I don't know that Randall's going to be able to to get there, but I, I think that Brunson is going to get there this year. Like, I think that he's, he's proven himself on this national stage enough and we're now starting to hit all-star peak all-star voting season. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering at this point, if the Knicks fan base is finally ready to like come through and vote enough and get him in as a starter, because the way that he's playing right now, I think he's making a lot of fans around the league, despite all of the, was there some other comment that someone else made 
like in the pre-show or something about him not being a 1A or something like that because Isaiah Hartenstein put up an Instagram post afterwards. It was like, that's my 1A right there about Jalen Brunson. I don't know if that was still about Becky Hammond's comments or what, uh, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's absolutely proved himself to be, I think at this point, the 1A on this team. And, and this game just showed it more than any other game recently, but he had plenty of help too. I mean, I, I really enjoyed how pretty much everybody played in this game, uh, top to bottom, but RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Emmanuel quickly all had phenomenal games as well, Gavin. And I think we could probably talk about them in the next segment. Uh, once we hear from our friends over at eBay motors. Yeah, Alex, uh, they, they, they were incredible. Um, but a service that's even better is our partners at eBay Motors. They've teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, each week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. So this is a guy that I've mentioned before, but because he's a Nick and he's one of my personal favorites, I am going to mention him again. And because I honestly think out of the five names that uh, Josh provided for us, he's he's maybe the best option. Isaiah Hartenstein, um, it appears that Mitchell Robinson is out for the season. And Isaiah Hardenstein is the clear ad if he's available is what Josh has to say. I'm going to echo those thoughts. Uh, he is absolutely killing it right now. Had seven points in the first 90 seconds of the second half of this game. And we're seeing what he can do with Jalen Brunson. And the way that Jalen Brunson is operating right now opens up just so much for him because he's consistently rolling to the rim and having someone like Damian Lillard on him. He's finishing with more patience better touch. He is looking fantastic. He's going to help you with rebounds. He's going to help you with steals. He's going to help you with blocks. He's going to get more assists than you would want from your average center. He is the perfect, perfect value add. Not someone who's super flashy, but someone's going to help you win a fantasy basketball championship. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about it's about each player being a perfect fit, and the same is true for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride for the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All righty, uh, Alex. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch up the order here a little bit because I I don't I I feel like we can't go any deeper into this podcast without talking about it. This was probably the New York Knicks best win of the entire season. Had this amazing first quarter that was fueled almost entirely by R.J. Barrett. And um, Jalen Brunson, I think I'm going to double check it right now. Yeah, they scored 26 of the Knicks first 29 points finished, I think, with 29 of their 36 in the first quarter. Spectacular start by those guys. And then every time Milwaukee made a little bit of a push, the Knicks always had an answer. Milwaukee never led in the second half. The closest they got was 77-73 after a 9-0 run. Tom Thibodeau called timeout. They adjusted some stuff in the pick-and-roll coverage. You saw Josh Hart come out and have a couple of big finishes. Julius Randle, a couple of nice plays earlier in the quarter when Jalen Brunson was on the bench. Emmanuel quickly then started really cooking to start the fourth. You're getting at it a little bit to end segment one. 
but this just felt like such a complete team win and such a dramatic turnaround from our Festus episode, Festivus, excuse me, episode that we recorded uh, about 48 hours ago, where, where we were really down in the dumps. And and this this Bucks team obviously had won nine games in a row against the Knicks. They had a seven game winning streak right now, and it it just felt like the case of a horrible matchup that was amplified by no Mitchell Robinson. And and frankly, until I checked my phone and saw the final score, I didn't have a lot of hope that the Knicks were going to be able to pull this one out. And and despite the fact that it ultimately was only a seven point win, I, I felt like they did more than that in, in thoroughly dominating about 75% of this game. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I don't know, it, it's always fun and weirdly vindicating when it almost feels like the Knicks are like listening to what people are saying about the team. Now, granted, if we see something, chances are people on the team are seeing it too. Well, and Alex, no, Tom, Tom Thibodeau watches the games three times. He does watch the games three times. We usually only watch them once. So, you know, take that for what it is. Uh, you know, so we, we obviously don't know as much. But it felt like almost everything that we wanted addressed was addressed in this game. Like the rotations were better. Uh, I thought that Tibbs did a much better job of just leaving the guys out there that made sense and not doing things just by virtue of like what the call sheet said, you know, like it seems so often that it hits certain minute markers and it's like, Oh, Manuel quickly is playing pretty damn good in this fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden it's like, Yoink, you're out of there, bud. Like, <laughs> sorry, your time's up. You know, it's time for RJ to get back in or whatever. And that didn't really happen in this game. I thought that this was like, everything made sense as far as the rotations, I thought that their defensive strategy was really smart. So this will be my – I'm going to use this as my opportunity to give Hardenstein his flowers for this game. Like, I thought that he did such a good job. And, you know, you could maybe look at the final box score and whatever and say, like, oh, he had four fouls. Like, he was sort of in foul trouble a little bit, like, lightly throughout this game. We were like, oh, dude, you're really kind of pushing it with, like, how many fouls you're getting here. Like, you know, you, you can't afford to get in foul trouble again. Look at what happened to the Knicks in the last game when you did that. But he did such a good job of establishing the physical tone in this game, I think. And that was exactly what was needed. Like the Bucs really, especially, you know, a team with Giannis, like they're just going to have their way with you on the inside sometimes. They're going to get inside. They're going to finish through contact. They're going to, you know, make a, your big men feel small, you know, by just by virtue of how strong they are, of how physical they can be on the inside on both ends of the floor. And Hartenstein, I thought, like, did such a good job establishing that, like, no, we're the New York Knicks, like, you know, called back, you know, the the Oakleys and the Masons and all those guys from the past and said, like, no, like, you're not getting in our paint. Like, we're going to be physical with you. And that translates to everybody. Like, even there was there was one play that kind of stood out to me at one point where Giannis got free and almost was going up for a dunk. And Dante DiVincenzo, you know, he'll often go for that, like, kind of block from behind. And he sort of went for that, but he also, you could tell, he didn't have too much interest in necessarily getting that. He just slapped the crap out of Giannis's arm and was like, no, we'll give up a foul if it means putting you on the free throw line. Like, we're not going to let you do this to us this game. And that sort of translated to everybody, too. And I thought that that was one of the biggest things. Like, the Knicks need that defensive toughness back. Like, I understand they gave up 122 points in this game, which is less than ideal. You know, you want to maybe give up in the one the one teens at this point, you know, that's sort of like the new NBA. But the the fact that the Knicks offense is as good as it's been lately, you can afford to give up about 120 points in a game and you'll be okay. And that's all they need to hit. And so in this game, they kind of just found what they needed to, to only give up that 120 points. And so much of that, I think, came from 
saying you're not going to beat us on the inside. And we're also, they did a really good job on closing out on shooters too. I mean, there's still the open three here and there, which will happen throughout the course of an NBA game. But I was, I was so satisfied with just the defensive tone that they set up in this game. And I thought that came down to like Hartenstein first and foremost, and then everybody else from there just sort of built out from that. Yeah. I think, I think it's a great point. There, there were a number of ways they were far improved defensively. I mean, one, you, you put the ball in the basket more and you, you stop Milwaukee from getting out of transition. That, that is step one. Um, because that's where Milwaukee just killed them and got easy three after easy three, easy Giannis dunk after easy Giannis dunk. I thought it was really smart of Tibbs to just hardcore match Randall's minutes to Giannis because the the couple minutes they they weren't on the floor at the same time last game and in the previous game without Mitchell Robinson in there, there's just there's just not another matchup for him. And and you can't put Hartenstein on him because that means Hart is guarding either like a Lopez or uh, obviously we, we've seen Hart guard Portis, but they even they even made that adjustment where after I mean. Bobby Portis had 23 points the previous game against the Knicks. And in this one, he he had 12. And, and part of that was he, he went 0 for 4 from 3. But at, part of it was that the Knicks were doing a much better job sending double teams and, and, and digging in on him. We, we saw Dante DiVincenzo, like, cut off of a Damian Lillard, which is super risky, but like he timed it perfectly and he he, he got the strip. And, and then we saw Taj Gibson at the rim on back-to-back plays after checking into the game strip Giannis and 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 that was that was not happening the previous game so it was it was better offense it was it was better strategy and and I thought just simply better technique and a, a team that was more locked in um and, and even at the end of the third quarter like two straight force turnovers when, when the Bucks were trying to make a run so it was it was a couple of different elements but but just collectively um I I just thought everyone was 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 way more on point um and and Single biggest improvement is RJ Barrett, right? We spent uh, me, me specifically about 20 minutes of a 35 minute episode complaining about his game last time. Had a relatively quiet second half in this one. Didn't play a whole lot down the stretch. Somehow, I'm, I'm kind of shocked to see this number only finished with 28 minutes. But that first quarter, Alex, absolutely electric. Filled in some gaps in the second. Did a couple of nice things in the second half. Big time bounce back performance from RJ, Alex. Yeah, I'm with you, Gavin. And uh, I want to talk about. RJ and of course Julius Randle and Emmanuel quickly in the next segment as well. Maybe some Josh Hart talking there too. Uh, but first, I think we should let everybody know about our good friends over at Game Time. So I don't know how you guys feel about buying tickets, but it's often a, a little bit of a stressful thing for me. Uh, I I'm a last minute ticket buyer. Uh, I'm not the planner. In my my marriage, my wife will buy tickets ahead of time. I'll usually just be like, eh, maybe we'll go this weekend uh, or maybe we'll go this week and just want to get some tickets. And a lot of times on ticket apps, you you find that the prices are super high at that moment and it kind of can derail your plans sometimes and and make it so you're like, well, I wanted to do something nice last minute, but now I can't because it's, it's just not an enjoyable experience going through that. Uh, but that's where game time comes in. And that's why I love game time. That's uh, the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. So you can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front. So you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. And you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They also have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last minute seats. So find you can find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings, which is a lot of savings. It's like almost a fifth. 
And the game time guarantee means you always get the best price. So if you find tickets, they're in the same row and section for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, and we're back in, continuing talking through this one. And Gavin, you you ended on RJ Barrett, and I want to talk about him too. You know, I okay, maybe this will come off as hatery. I want to first like say it wasn't a perfect game for him. Like there was there was a couple things that like there was a an opportunity late for the Knicks to sort of really put things away. They had a four on one break, and it was a great scoring opportunity. Yeah, and oh boy, <laughs> RJ gets the ball with. Uh, he gets it from, uh, I think it was Josh Hart was leading the break, passes it to RJ, who's running kind of down the center, and then had Isaiah Hartenstein wide open coming around baseline and just decides to go right into Chris Middleton's chest, draws an offensive foul. Could have been a big momentum shift, but was not, thankfully. But they would have been nowhere without his his early contributions. I mean, I, the big thing for me was once that first three went in, it was so funny, too, because I made a note of this in my notes. Like His first three came on, Julius was trying to like really make a statement early in the game and pulls this like beautiful uh, uh, spin move on Giannis Antetokounmpo, goes up for this like huge thunder dunk, clangs it off the back of the rim, and then it careens back out and eventually finds its way to RJ and he hits the three. And the garden crowd didn't go, you could tell the garden crowd was a little deflated, but I, when I was watching it, was like, yes, like this is exactly what the Knicks needed. Like if RJ makes a couple of threes in this game, everything changes for this team in this game because that's sort of been the missing thing. Like in these games where the Knicks seem a little overwhelmed star power wise, it's that RJ's not playing up to that third star role that he's been cast in. Um, now, as much as we kind of hated on his performance the last game, because it was not as good overall, like he did make, he has made now four of his last 10 threes. Cause he was two of five in the last game as well, even though they came a little late in the game, I guess the difference in this one is that they came early in the game when the Knicks really needed it. Uh, in that first quarter run before Randall kind of got himself going because Randall, I don't think scored until if not if not the second quarter at the very minimum the late first quarter it was it was much later than usual in this game that Randall got himself on the board and and really got going. Uh, so RJ was a huge part of that. I also you know I, didn't he didn't like score super highly in the assist column, but other than that transition opportunity, I thought that he did a pretty good job of, of keeping the ball moving um, of not purely looking for his own looks, but I also thought the Knicks did a good job of like in Tibbs, I would assume did a good job of sort of setting up some of his, his sets that he's better in. Like they were running him off some uh, pick and roll with, with Isaiah Hartenstein, some, which always puts him in that, that sweet spot of being able to kind of put the defense on his hip and, you know, almost Emmanuel quickly asks, like, you know, make the decision from there. And, you know, he finds Mitchell Robinson for lobs a lot that way when Mitch is playing. Uh, but, you know, in this case, just found Isaiah Hartenstein, I think, once on one of those and then found his own yeah. shot on another. Um, so it was just I, I really liked what the Knicks did to get him going. And I really liked seeing a little bit of consistency out of RJ again uh, on his own. Plus also rebound the ball pretty well with six boards, too. So I was super, super happy with his game. Yeah, I mean his shot. I mean, it, it, I don't, I don't totally understand it. 
sometimes maybe it was Drew Hanlon like flying out before this game and saying, Hey, let's get, let's get you right for Christmas. But the shot just looked better. And uh, maybe we have to have Prez back on to, to break down exactly why, but I am, I'm, I'm, that's above my pay grade, but it, it looked, it looked way smoother. He made, made a few early, got in transition early. Um, a, a sequence that really stood out to me early on, because I just couldn't get out of my head. Like, like the image of like Chris Middleton, just, just, bullying him at times last game and getting to his spot and finishing and and just noting the difference where like oh middleton's like two inches taller and just so much more confident where like rj will sometimes throw out these like awkward like little push shots like middleton just goes right into a turnaround in those spots but anyways this time around um rj stripped him middleton was trying to bully him um pushed the ball and instead of forcing the issue, go running into the rim like he did later in the game, like he did the previous game, sought out Dante DiVincenzo, who he missed a couple of times last game. Um, DiVincenzo missed the three. RJ stuck with the play, got to the rim, put it back through contact. Uh, awesome sequence. And then the play that you're referencing or you were referencing in the second half, um, just so patient in the pick and roll where, where he snaked it. And sometimes he snakes it and it feels a little bit aimless. And it's like, are right, you just kind of doing this because this is this is what you're trained to do and, and what you had some success doing your second season. This one felt very purposeful because it was to ensure that Lopez stuck with him instead of switching back onto Hartenstein. He gives a little pump fake. So Lopez doubly can't commit back to Hartenstein. Then just slips it to Ihard, who had Beasley on him. Ended up being an and one. I think I can't remember if it was that time or another time where I hard ultimately missed the free throw, but really nice play, really good use of your big man. Um, and that's one area where RJ, I think, has gotten a little bit better this year. It feels like his pick and roll craft has been really solid. And he has maybe like once every two or three games is a really nice play in that respect. Um, I, th- I think we got to we got to jump over to Emmanuel quickly, who who was just spectacular to start the fourth quarter in this one. Um, ended up having um, at one point something like 20 points and I think only 18 or 19 minutes on the floor, Alex. But w- what did you make of his performance? Because I, I, I thought that sequence was so crucial with Brunson off the floor that the Knicks didn't immediately give up the lead and instead extended it a little bit. Yeah, I thought that, you know, that, that was pretty key. Like, so obviously Randall was pretty much matching Giannis's minutes. So there was a stretch where Giannis wasn't out there, but the Bucks still had plenty of talent on the floor and the Knicks had pretty much just their bench unit plus RJ out there uh, early in that fourth quarter. And they held it down. Like quickly was the biggest part of that. The getting to the inside again, super huge for him, like getting all the way in also, you know, making three pointers. Like he hit shot two or four in this game. You know, his shot has been, notoriously streaky throughout his career too. And even this year. And so to see him kind of finding his consistency with that again is great. But also I just thought that he did a good job of controlling the the flow of the game. Um, you know, you wouldn't know it by looking at his like assist total, like he only had one assist. Like it, if you look at it, you're kind of just like, Oh, he just scored in this game, but it goes deeper than that. Like, I think that much like Brunson, you know, Brunson is, is more likely to, uh, you know, kind of keep the ball in his hand longer and and try to create his opportunity and then maybe find someone for an assist uh, quickly. Just when he knows that the given play isn't going to be about him, he's he's good about getting down there and just kind of like starting the motion correctly to get things going for other players. And I thought they did that well in his stint with the bench there. Also pushing in transition. Uh, I think the Knicks outscored the Bucks like I think they like doubled them up in transition in this game. I don't know what the final tally was. Uh, but they got a lot more points in transition and a lot more points in the paint. Yeah, it was uh, 20, 23 to 12, almost exactly double. There we go. Yeah, so I mean, it's it, I think that quickly, as usual, played a good part in that. Um, but really, it was just the scoring chops. I mean, he it was kind of like he and RJ each sort of had their own moment in this game to be the the scoring presence that the Knicks needed. Like RJ had it in that first quarter. Um, 
Randall sort of filled in the blanks, uh, supplementing Jalen Brunson and, you know, had it had his moments in the third quarter, I think, where he was getting inside and, and scoring there. And then quickly just has that explosion at the beginning of the fourth quarter that the Knicks really needed just to kind of kind of keep the Bucks at arm's length. Because this was this was not quite a wire to wire win, but it was pretty close. I mean, they they got up. I think they said the Bucks last lead was with six minutes in the first quarter or something like that. And then once the Knicks kind of took that lead and then built it at the end of the first quarter, they did what good teams do. And they just kept the Bucs at, at arm's length the entire rest of the game. You know, the Bucs closed it to within, I think, four was the closest that they got yeah, in the second half. And, it, you know, it was enough, as you say, to make your butthole clench a little bit. But, you know, you, you just kind of sat there and you're like, no, well, okay, I think they're good. I think they're good. And then, you know, quickly would make that bucket or Brunson would make that bucket. So he he played his role and. You know, if he and RJ can play this good going forward, like they're both, I think they're simultaneously the the two guys with the. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is discrediting how much higher Brunson can potentially go, but I think that they're the two guys with the highest potential ceilings that they could hit on this team. You know, who haven't hit them yet. I guess I should say. Um, but they're also notoriously kind of streaky. And I, I think if we could just keep seeing consistent forward momentum from them for a few more games, and hopefully they can both reclaim what they had going early in the season, we're going to be in really good shape going forward. Yeah, I, I loved um, the two-man game between him and Randall, which, um, I mean, you could say the same thing about Randall and Grimes. Like, I, I want as much of Randall, like, actively doing stuff with the guards as possible versus just, I mean, a, a little bit of him isoing is fine, but sometimes he's, he's incredibly good at it. But um, that, that is, that's, a, that's kind of my catnip. That, that's what I enjoy watching. And I also think it ends up being pretty efficient, but there were, there were two plays in, in that respect that really stood out to me. One of them was in the second quarter where it, it ended with quickly getting a wide open floater, but it started with him screening for Randall and it forced to switch. And then Giannis, um, was basically just hovering near Julius because he didn't he didn't just want Julius to like back Malik Beasley into like the stanchion and dunk on him. Um, so then Randall plays that out, backs it down, whips it out to quickly. Giannis has to do like this sporadic closeout. Quickly does a really nice job pumping, beating him off the dribble, races in, nails a floater. And then the fourth quarter, the Knicks kind of went to the same thing after quickly um, had just started cooking a little bit. And he he got that same switch. This time is Randall setting the screen. So Giannis is on quickly. Giannis is again hovering closer to Randall. Randall is the ball. But this time, because Randall's on the wing, instead of playing it out and backing him down, and so often in those situations, you'll see Julius force it because he'll he'll see a small guy and his eyes will light up. But sometimes he'll just overcommit. And, and by the time he's willing to pass the ball, it's it just too late or, or he throws a bad pass because he's two or three guys on him. And this time he made the pass uh, no pun intended quickly got it to IQ in the corner IQ hit the three and it felt like that's what got IQ going because then two plays later he gets that three off the dribble handoff from Hartenstein we're just sprinting off the ball full speed almost Steph Curry's time we've seen him take that shot a lot this year hasn't gotten in a lot this year went in that time because he was in a really good rhythm and then just blew by I think it was Lillard and beat Portis to the rim for a layup Um, again like hasn't finished at the rim with volume or efficiency this season that's been coming around the last few games that was an awesome awesome play by him um so just a great night for quickly um alex i'll, I'll let you pick where we finish off um Ju julius randall josh hart were, were the two other guys we haven't really totally discussed in depth yet that that each stood out to me um uh, on, on the night yeah i want to throw okay you know i'm going to take it total curveball i'm going to yeah, give okay, just okay. a very quick shout out to taj gibson who i was just thinking mm -hmm. about uh, who came in and spelled hartenstein for 15 minutes in this game but made 
like three. Well, so first off, he he had three blocks, but then also stripped Giannis like twice two, back to back two, two times in a row. Yeah, it was two straight possessions, and then bothered him on a third. I mean, he he played really great defense at a at a key juncture for the Knicks. Uh, so I'll just shout him out first, but then I'll go to Julius Randle, who's who makes a lot more sense to go to next. Uh, twenty four points. 8 of 17 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 9 boards, 2 assists, a steal. Uh, I From Randall, this was this was like peak of what he would offer you last year, I feel like. I mean, this was – he managed to find that shot profile again that worked so well for him and kept the team – you know, kept the Bucks honest enough from 3 that he was able to just completely go at whoever he wanted to on the inside. Uh, he had some really impressive, like just out muscling guys takes in this game. Like at one point, went right into Brook Lopez's chest, took it up on him, and that one kind of like made my eyebrows raise a bit. Like I saw that, and I was like, "Man, that's lately that for Julius or RJ has been not necessarily a shot that I want to see them taking because they just, for whatever reason, have not been able to figure out those super big shot blocking type guys." Lately, and Randall's mostly been looking for the mismatches and exploiting those, uh, which he certainly did in this game too. You know, he had some uh, he had some mismatches that he took advantage of. Um, I think he went in on Lillard at one point. That was a really nice one. Like he kind of he managed to get that switch on the Lillard, and um, but yeah, it was. I, I just thought another quintessentially good Julius game in this one, and kind of just gave everything the Knicks needed. The defensive rebounding from him continues to be and i mean you could say this for hart too who had nine defensive rebounds in this game but those two guys i think are really like the the catalysts on the defensive glass for the knicks right now you know as hartenstein kind of plays the mitch role of occupying the other team's best rebounder with a good box out and keeping them away uh those guys have been doing good you know there's a few moments of Giannis just using his Greek freak length and athleticism to tap rebounds out that were frustrating. Like he tapped one or two out of guys hands, uh, including Randall in this game a couple times, but all in all, I thought they did a good job of trying to tag their man and, and make sure to get that rebound too, uh, which led to a lot of those transition opportunities for the Knicks after they would have that tough defense inside, get that rebound and then just get that forward momentum going, uh, which obviously Josh Hart did a really great, great job of as well. If you want to close things out, talking about him. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly where I was going to go. Um, I, I thought I thought he had a, he had a really nice game, and it, it obviously it helped a lot that they gave him a little bit more help on on Portis and and in the second half the Bucks that that matchup that was so overwhelming last game they didn't even really try to go to because they were almost kind of wary of it. But he he came in and like I think literally the second play he was in just aggressively pushed the pace off a rebound and said RJ up for a layup. Um, had this absurd steal in the first quarter where he was chasing Damian Lillard off the ball, and it was just a drive-by strip of Giannis and and anyone who's seen Giannis's hands. I mean, the 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 basketball it's it's, it's like him holding a grapefruit, and and Hart was able to knock it away. So it tells you how strong Hart is on those strips. Um, went coast to coast on Chris Middleton. That was that was great to see because Middleton again was just a bully the last time these two teams played two days before and then the third quarter like had had two really nice runners just just to give the Knicks a little bit of secondary scoring and I, I like anyone who was listening earlier this year I was, I was kind of preaching that hard just had to be more aggressive in the half court the transition stuff is great but where he really helped the Knicks at times last year was his ability to just go and get into the lane and make something happen and, and unlike um an RJ Barrett like he has really good touch in the mid range. And I, I don't necessarily, I don't, I think him taking a floater or a short fadeaway 
is generally a pretty good shot. 10 points, nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, plus seven, second highest on the team. He, he was just super duper solid. And, and that's what they need from him against the best teams in basketball. Uh, win of the season, I, I'm going to say yes for the Knicks, Alex. 129-122 to 122 over the Milwaukee Bucks. They'll be back in action. Another really tough game against Oklahoma City Thunder. But big picture, you looked at the stretch without Mitchell Robinson. You're, you're just kind of saying, all right, whatever whatever you want to call it before the All-Star break. Something like 16 games. If they could just go 500, that would be pretty darn good. And, and they're right on track for that right now. And, and they just kind of have to finish it off. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is the win of the season too. I mean, the the Miami game was great as well. You know, it's both national TV games, but this one, I just think, I think this is the next statement that you know, even without Mitchell Robinson, I mean, even with Mitchell Robinson, they were struggling to beat the best teams in the league. Um, you know, they weren't able to beat Milwaukee yet this year. They still have to face their whole slate with the Sixers. They have to face the Celtics more times. They still have to face Milwaukee another time after this. Just yeah. disgusting schedule making this year, thanks <laughs> to the in season tournament. So they're going to have more games like this coming up. So I think this is important for them on this big stage. Like, prove that they can win a game like this. Do it more or less wire to wire. Like, this wasn't like, you know, you can't say like, oh, this is just a big run that they went on. You know, they just got hot at the end, you know, whatever. Like, but they didn't outplay the Bucks necessarily for the entire game. Uh, this was this was straight up. They just outplayed the best team. Maybe, well, okay, they're not the best team record-wise as of this second. But I think probably the best team in basketball right now. Uh, they just outplayed them thoroughly and and took home a win on their home floor. And things do get easier for the Knicks going forward. Like they've played a lot more road games than most teams so far this year. Uh, so they will have a lot more time on the Madison Square Garden floor coming up, too. Uh, so I think that all things are looking good for the Knicks. And this was hopefully a big momentum building statement win. Uh, and maybe they'll have another one against Oklahoma City. We will be there for you to cover it, regardless of what the outcome is. But till next time. Thank you all for listening, and uh, Merry Day After Christmas, and Merry Nixmas, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, and talk to you all soon. Peace out, everybody.